0: Merry Christmas and welcome to the Song Tops Report Where we dissect bad, bizarre, or otherwise noteworthy music to figure out how it died I'm sick of this shit, Steve Trollinger Steve, and that was beautiful I love it when you get <laughs>
1: assertive and just ooh, <laughs> tell Mike and me how it is uh, I am Nick Brigadier And I am stunned! And ready for
2: a fantastical journey with my tube co host Mike Russell.
1: Yes, this is wild. See, I'm usually kind of like the one introducing it, but in this case,
0: Steve introduced the episode, and Mike was the primary researcher. Yes, you see, you see uh, folks, before we started this, what you missed out on was, I don't know, an interminable amount of time that we spent trying to engineer dialogue that sounded like smooth and also off the cuff and it's 10 o'clock at night and it is almost Christmas and we need to get this done. Uh,
1: If it is your first time listening to the podcast though, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I am very excited for this week's episode because we are... I don't want to step on Mike's feet too much, but we're doing sort of a double dissection. And I'm familiar with one part of it, but not the other. But Mike is going to tell us a little bit more about that.
2: Yes, absolutely. So listen, so just to give you a little idea of what we're listening to, today's double dissection will start with a classic Christmas song from 1987. Quintessential. Quintessential, the Pogues' fairy tale of New York, which has undergone a massive amount of controversy due to some of its lingo. However, why don't we just listen?
0: Pronounce controversy. Shut
2: Contra- up. Oh, uh, whatever. I'm sorry. Is this the English podcast? <laughs> Great show. Go go subscribe to them.
0: The English podcast, where we dissect. Everything having to do with the English language and its peoples In any case, it very, it very rapidly turns into a Lord of the Rings podcast. <laughs> Why don't we as rep- all good podcasts do?:
2: As most of you could assume who love this Sun, where this might go, let's rip off the Band-Aid right away. Here's a taste of fairy tale of New York. (:'re you're, you're a punk you're and and you. Sky-
1: Perfect. Okay. Well, perfect is one word. Mike, and I gotta say, you know what? (laughs) For such a a quintessential Christmas song, the fact that you said, Nick, specifically, this is the clip I want to start with, you're really not letting the listeners get off on the right foot for this classic Christmas tune.
2: Here's the thing, Nick, and here's the reason behind the madness of bringing the most offensive foot forward. Let's get it out of the way. Because... As people, as we re- dissect this song and get to the the true core of this duet and who these people are and what they are, they are not clean, like perfect people. They are rough around the edges,
0: but they got love for each other. I honestly don't understand what the problem is with this. This is just a normal Irish Christmas. This is a normal ah, Irish Christmas dinner. Love it, Steve. Unironically, I, I, <laughs> I
1: think that's the point Mike's going to argue, because uh, th- th- this is this is a classic song by the Pogues, legendary Irish band, but certainly the, the male vocalist, uh, Shane McGowan, Irma Gowan, I just learned recently that I may have been saying his last name <laughs> wrong my whole life. Rough around the edges, Mike, I know you were using that to describe these characters within the song, but... Shane McGowan should be dead. He should be dead ten times <laughs> he, over, and he miraculously he is. is still alive. And I'm so happy.
2: So happy for his life to live on, but yes, the man is not for one to be living life easily,
0: you know? He uh, he and Keith Richards have been blood transfusion buddies since the late 70s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shane, Shane, I, oh, I need you to... Oh, I need some blood. You need some blood. I need some fucking blood. <laughs> Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, oh gosh,
1: what are we going to do? But, Mike, tell us a little bit more about the Pogues. So the
2: Pogues formed in 1982 in King's Cross, London, at a urinal between two guys just kicking things off by a, well, in a, in a bathroom. You know,
1: the Pogues. <laughs> I didn't know that about the Pogues, but somehow that makes perfect sense. No, it's perfect for them. All right, but fairy
2: tale of New York. A Christmas duet where they took in, the Pogues brought in Kiersey McDowell and released it in 1987. It reached a number one in the Irish charts, a number two in the British charts over Christmas, and has become a festive classic for both the UK, Ireland, I think even maybe the good old
1: USA, all right? I know it people are familiar with it here in the US but I will say usually uh, I have been there have been two instances where I heard people hear the song for the first time and as soon as they hear Shane McGowan's dying Banshee-like whale, mm-hmm. it, you, they usually don't get to the point where it becomes a duet. It's truly, you know, it's an acquired taste. I know there's a lot of musicians who just, you know, well, people can't truly I, appreciate. Can we talk about
2: what he says? I feel like a lot of people don't understand his accent. It's thick. It's a thick accent, right? Am I wrong well, about that? Like,
1: I mean... like he, it's, it's, a th- it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a thick accent. It's not- he's he's missing his two front teeth. He's never been sober. It's a combination of factors. But so, sorry, regardless, I, I apologize, Mike. You were going to get into kind of the history of Fairy Tale of New York outside let's, of the charting.
2: Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Fairy Tale of New York because this song. It's one of the biggest songs this band has had. And in my, I mean, in my opinion, it's the only song that really drove them, f- drove me to understand who they were. Right? Yeah. And that's up for debate. You know, strings <laughs> of whiskey is a good before, song too, but
1: great song,
2: right? <laughs> but if we're talking about the song that, like, boy, anybody who listens to Christmas music has heard this at some point, maybe. It is loved because it feels more emotionally real than the homesick sentimentality of White Christmas or the bullish bonhomie of the Merry Xmas Everybody but contains bon elements of both the story and it tells an unreal fantasy of some 1940s New York New Yorkers dreamed up in a 1980s London. And listen, these are the beautiful words of Dorian Linsky as he kind of looked into this song. But as I read through How it all came to be Sinner Shane McGowan The man himself that you hear In the duet Maintains that Elvis Costello The producer of this Masterpiece And also was the producer of Rum, Sodomy, and the the Lash Rum,
1: Sodomy, and the Lash, yes It's another classic. Made a bet that the singer
2: couldn't write a Christmas duet to sing with the bass player and soon to be Mr. Elvis Costello's wife, Kate O'Rourdian. right? So out of a bet that Elvis Costello makes to Shane McGowan, he takes him on. And to this day, we'll claim that is how this song came into existence. Was song was a bet. It was a bet. Hey, and a bet. And I'm pretty sure he made the bet because he wanted to make his girlfriend famous. And she was already the bassist, so I feel like she was already there, but maybe he really...
0: Oh, yeah, everyone knows the most famous member of every band is the bassist. Come on! That's just tried and true musical fact right there.
2: <laughs> the bassist always shines. Is this not the life? Is this not... <laughs> so... Anyway, McGowan will further tell us that really the story could apply to any couple who went anywhere and found themselves down on their luck in New York
1: City. None of us can relate to that. (laughs) It's been nothing but successes for every one of us in New York.
2: And it's – well, what I thought was really funny is that (laughs) at the time – Uh, A co-producer of this song, Jem Reiner, was reading the 1973 novel, A Fairy Tale in New York, which is the story of a bereaved Irish-American's return home from Ireland to Manhattan. Mm. And it's funny because McGowan later visited the novelist, the man, J.P. Don Levy, and asked his blessing to borrow the title for this song because he saw the book... While writing the song. Just the title. Didn't even read it, really. But, like, got, <laughs> just got inspired from it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'm, pr- I'm Irish. Eh, it's about I'm me gonna going terrific. I'm going
0: to write a fucking terrific Christmas song. I'm going to call it War of the Worlds. It's going to be great. <laughs> Get out of the sci-fi section, McGowan. <laughs> well, I will say, like, even... <laughs>
1: Even if we accept Shane McAllen's vocals are an acquired taste, the the spirit and the attitude of the song I do like. It's a very almost just kind of like fuck it attitude towards life. It's like, we're drunk, we're here, we're the two people in front of each other, let's just make the best of it. It's a very humanist
0: Kind of Christmas song, and I do appreciate it in that sense. They're making the best of it. That's what they're doing, and the, that's I've I've only heard that couple of seconds we played at the top. That's that's them making the best of it. Well, right.
2: we'll, we'll, we'll play a little more. But well, well, here's yeah, and well, here's the issue, and I know we got, and we can play it, but uh, the reason we got to play the bad bit up top because look, Kirsten McGow. Who by far is the reason this – I mean, look, Shane's great too. But, like, she is an essential part to making this song shine in the unique way it does because it feels so real. And she says, you scumbag, you maggot, you cheap, lousy. And then the word. Uh, the word. The word. And look, I've been called the word many a time Growing up in high school And it's not fun and it's not great
0: And it's mean But first, I feel like if you Unless you're a smoking Englishman From the 19th century <laughs> Yes And my, I... This is a very personal comment Right? This is between two
2: lovers Two hard, jagged Messed up hard, people
0: Hard, bitter, look back in anger Motherfuckers <laughs>
2: They're going to say some hurtful, messed up shit. That's, ah, it's real. You know what I mean? There's like, I don't, and the, ah, uh, I'm not trying to defend being an uh, an arsehole.
1: Yes, let's our... get all the vernacular correct for this. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, 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 I think I know what you mean in the sense, it's almost like not all fictional characters are perfect. They will say bad things. They will say things they shouldn't. And it shouldn't be sanitized in that sense, and I do agree. however, I can also agree somewhat with the fact that when you're looking for like timeless Christmas songs to just be playing on the air that maybe maybe hearing these very Ugh. real characters say things that probably shouldn't be said in like a Macy's while you're shopping
0: uh, is also
1: understandable
0: unless unless of course you're You know Quentin Tarantino writing a character for himself, and the character says the N word a lot, so that he can get away with saying the N word for no particular reason. Oh yeah, that's the only time it's not okay. I'm sure that'll
1: never like come back again. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. Uh... Although, also, Mike, I would argue it's the beginning of this song where it's just Shane McGowan singing that should (laughs) have precluded it from being played on the radio.
2: All right. Well, you know what, Nick? Look, I can go into a, b- a bunch of history all day, but the the most important thing to know is why start now? We've got <laughs> we've got Keir- we got Kirstie McGowen, we got Shane McGowan, and we got the Pogues. and and why don't we dissect into their version of Fairy Tale of New York? A
1: dissection is imperative,
2: folks. Remember. Despite how you feel about the lingo and language used by Kirstie Miguel in this song, the true atrocity and the most offensive thing that happened was what John Bon Jovi did this year, and we'll get to that afterwards. That I'm but excited for. Because I,
1: I, I have heard the pokes version, <laughs> but, Mike, I am on the edge of my seat to hear what... Careful, Mike. Don't bury the lead. That's why I'm bringing I'm,
2: the lead. Listen, I'm teasing the uh, the meaty. The
1: meat, <laughs> the meat, teasing the meat. God, you're like that <laughs> asshole Arby's employee. The last time I was trying to buy something there. Oh, I thought I was just being my normal self. Okay, so Arby's, we tease the meat. Anyway, Fairy Tale of New York by the F- Pokes. It
2: was Christmas Eve. Baby. Drunk tank An old man said to me on see another one and then we sang a
1: song
2: The rare old mountain dew
0: <sighs> Okay Oh so- man
2: now wait the was Do you guys remember the rare
0: Mountain Dew? Code red Steve no, I don't drink Mountain Dew because my body's a temple. I, always I only drink Pepsi. It, I always
2: thought it was the Baja Blast from Taco Bell. It's, it's the only place I can find
1: that kind of Mountain Dew. You know, we, but, we can almost forget that at one point Mountain Dew in old-timey songs actually referred to Dew in the mountain.
0: <laughs> that is that is also the second time someone brought up the frickin' Baja Blast Mountain Dew to me in the last 48 hours.
1: The other one was Shane McGowan in the streets of New York, <laughs> just spinning yeah. around singing this song. So so we're kicking things off. We
0: got a drunk Irish dude and he's in the drunk tank. And please, please, Mike, you just have to say Irish dude. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Steve, I'm glad you're Irish, Steve. <laughs> I don't know. You You guys are Americans, though. Like, I don't have a drop of Irish in me, so I'm keeping my mouth shut on all this. But I will just say... Also, can I just say, um, my favorite Mark Cuban show is Drunk Tank. Um, I watch it every week. It's fantastic. I'm on the edge of my seat every time.
2: Nick. Yes. <laughs> How dare you <laughs> come... First try to strip away my heritage like that. Did you hear that Steve? We're Americans, you're not Irish. You know what? Guess what? My grandfather came off the boat, Nick. What does that mean? Means he came
1: off a boat. What are you talking about? Means he's got a boat? But once again, so I I kind of like once again, I like the concept of this song. I like a Christmas song that isn't all happy go lucky. That's already melancholy with an Irish guy saying it's probably going to be his last Christmas. Like that's you
2: Nick. Why do you love it when things are going so- listen, I love this song too,
1: but why <laughs> do you
2: love it when things are going so poorly? That's
1: I'm a little bit I- of a hypocrite because I, I said in a previous <laughs> ap- recent episode, either last week or the week before that uh, Christmas songs are the one times where I'm okay with happy-go-lucky, but I also hate emotional manipulation. and you're right, Mike, the song feels real, and I appreciate it <sighs> for that because most Christmas songs
0: aren't. To this degree. No, wait, here's 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 the here's the corollary here. You hate emotional manipulation uh-huh. unless it's trying to make you sad. Then you get all up in its ass. Is that oh, true? You make me sad. <laughs> oh yeah. Metaphorically <laughs> speaking.
2: The rare mountains you turn with. Undreamed about you. Got on a lucky one. Came in, I turned into one. I've got a Let's year's this from beginning. So, guys, I got to ask you. I got to talk to you. Yes. What the hell does that mean? I, for the life of me, can't figure it out. 18 to 1. Does that just mean talking about the rarity of it working out? What are we? What's he talking about?
1: I have a wild feeling it actually means that he won on a horse race uh, close to Christmas. Oh, got on a lucky one, came in 18 to 1. I certainly didn't pull up my own research to try to figure out what that might have no, meant. No, you pulled up the nice verses right there. I love that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but even so, like... It's uh, I, I, once again. I am getting an image of someone down on his luck, and once again, I know what Shane McGowan looks like, so it's very easy for me to do that. Unfortunately, um, so I, I, in all honesty, I am so happy that he is still with us. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. It is giving me imagery of someone down on their luck, thinking about their significant other, and hoping that the next year will be better. Because I think a lot of us have been in that position. I mean, probably a lot of us are in that position this year. Um, it has it has been a twenty twenty.
0: I saw a, uh, I saw, oh, this is always hilarious when people describe cartoons uh, <laughs> through an audio medium. Uh, I saw a, a fun two-shot comic panel of someone looking at the clock on New Year's Eve, and it's 2020, New Year's Eve day, 2020, 11.59 uh, p.m., and then it switches to 12 midnight, 13:12020. 2020. <laughs> that is
1: horrifying
0: yes and the pers- the person looks terrified
1: like <sighs> also to my earlier point we're about a minute into the actual song and this is usually the point where most people have turned off the song and don't even listen to anything else because at Shane McGowan he is a tough sell I will say so far even if he is epitomizing this character I think in a very good way this character is not someone who sounds pleasant
0: I feel almost like I need to turn this off so that I can go listen to some Tom Waits and calm down.
2: (laughs) This song didn't become one of the number one listened to songs in Ireland and the second most in the UK. Until they threw
1: in that word that rhymes. (laughs) No, no,
2: Nick. No, it's (laughs) this song. It's popular and famous for a reason.
1: All right, so Shane McGone just said, I've oh, got a feeling here here's for me and you. And yeah. I believe he continues.
2: So happy Christmas I love you baby I can see a better time
1: When all our dreams come true Mike, I have a controversial statement to make. Um, I about not,
2: dreams coming true. No, no, no
1: no not about that at all. not about the lyrical content at all. Um I have not heard the Bon Jovi cover that you have teased will be coming later. However, I will say based so assuming that the lyrics are the same up to what we've heard at least, um if the only difference is Bon Jovi is singing it instead of Shane McGowan, I don't see how it's not better. Nick. You are sick in the head. I am sick you are in the head. sick in the head. Because For of, implying uh, I'm, that Bon Jovi has a better voice than Shane McGowan. The fact that you would think, because i have
2: also acknowledging Nick. Yes. First of all, you've heard the song. I, I've Secondly, heard, yes. Secondly, you know it's a duet. Yes. And thirdly, I've expressed to you that John Bon Jovi is the only person singing in the song. And you're gonna try to tell me that a real heartfelt conversation between two people via song is gonna be better with some douchebag singing a soloist album? because he takes out one offense, and we'll get into it. You know, we'll get into it. But what are we coming after Bon Bon Jovi? Pretty hard
1: now. Also oh, I, could,
2: oh, I got some I got some stuff to say to Bon John, John Bon, <laughs> go fuck yourself, Bon Bon, Jovi
0: <laughs> I'd like to point out, by the way, by way of buttoning this particular conversation, I'd like to point out that Mike jumped down Nick's throat based on context only Mike had. <laughs> I mean, in his defense Nick had an opinion based on Nick had an opinion. Mike (laughs) tore him apart for it, based on context only Mike was aware of at the time. So it's like Nick is saying, "Well, gosh, you know, I I don't see what the problem is. You don't see what the problem is. Oh, you will. Twenty minutes in the future, you (laughs) motherfucker. Well, I'm sure. Just wait. I'm sure." I am sure I will look like a right
1: boob when I'm when I'm editing this and re-listening to it and realizing my opinions I'm saying now. Nothing's um,
2: wrong with the right boobs, Nick. The right boobs are just as good as the left boobs, okay? Just, you just got to be honest. That's... Equal rights for Unless boobs. Unless you're an Amazon. <laughs> uh, yes.
1: All right. So uh, that was kind of the intro section. Uh, Mike, shall we hear a little bit more? Listen, yes.
2: Let's dig in. Let's get right up into where it gets messy. And then... <laughs> this is Wait, the clean kid. part Oh boy <laughs> But we need You need to understand
3: They got cars Big as bars They got rivers of gold But the windows right through
1: you It's no place for the old When you first took my hand On the cold Christmas Eve You promised me Broadway was waiting for me You were
2: handsome You were pretty clean Of New York City Oh, God, you know, it, it. so it starts off, and you know these two piss each other off, but they just
1: love it, you know? They can't quit each other. Yeah, it's a, it's a very real, tangible kind of, I feel like, like you said, Mike, a conversation between people about the promises that New York City offers all of us um, and the reality that sometimes comes into play. And I guess the realistic... Ooh. The realistic assessment that if you came from Ireland and you come to the United States, our cars are massive. They've got cars as big as bars. She said so right in the – it's like the first thing she said. They
2: ain't, they ain't all Priuses. You know what I mean, Nick? You know, some of us got some – we like a Little Leg Room. can't. I mean, like- <laughs> We need a whole, We an whole family in this thing. Like, let's go. Not just a <laughs> family, on. an
1: American family. We need a lot uh, of space. Oh, and if you're talking about the
2: Irish people, I mean, uh, although she was impressed by the size, I'm sure a good Irish family with good 10, 12 kids <laughs> would like a little extra room in the back. Yep, yep the standard
1: <laughs> Irish family. Like, it's not 2.5
0: kids, it's 12.5 kids. Is that what you're saying? That's under the assumption that they're Irish Catholic. They could be Irish Protestant, in which case they don't touch each other. Yes. Uh, okay. So, as we have as we have heard, the song
1: finally becomes a duet, and maybe if you haven't turned the song off at this point, you might stay through to, for the rest of it. Um, be- I can't believe you turned it off
2: so soon, Nick. God forbid an Irishman's on. Look, you know, I, Speaking his heart out. It's not. You know,
1: about being locked in jail and imagining his love. Okay, Mike, it's, know- not fe- it's not the it's just that like he's an Irishman. Have you heard, like, the band Celtic Thunder? <laughs> Beautiful, silky, smooth voices. Shane McGowan is unique. And listen, I my brother. If, I'm sure he'll listen to this episode once he sees the title. Um, is a huge fan of the Pokes. He's actually the one who introduced me to the Pokes. So I was prepared for Shane McGowan the first time I heard "Fairytale of New York." I, I had the ment- I had the, I had the tolerance. I was vaccinated, to, so to speak. You were with, you with had Shane your McGowan. McGowan vaccine. I, I had been exposed to a small amount of McGowan, and my body, my immune system had adjusted to him, so that by the time I was exposed to "Fairytale of New York," I was prepared for it. Um, a lot of people aren't prepared for that, especially because, like, as you said, Mike, this is one of their more popular songs. This song has a chance of being the first Pogue song a lot of people ever hear. And it's it's the fact it doesn't become a duet until like a third into it is uh, it's asking a lot of the listener.
2: So you think we should have had Kirstie a little sooner right from the get go, maybe. Maybe you think we should have opened up with the maggots. You
1: catch more flies with honey than vinegar. I'm just saying we get a whole we get a minute and thirty of
0: vinegar before a little bit of honey comes in. Also, wow. it doesn't seem to structurally doesn't seem to structurally have much to do with the second part.
2: What? It just, okay. It, I First mean, of I, all, if you were li- if we were watching, and maybe this is my fault, but there is a video. There's a video, a music video, and you see he gets thrown in the drunk tank. And he's wasted. Mark Cuban and he's, is just
1: kicking the shit out of him. Yeah, And he's
2: singing. <laughs> and he's singing. And he starts fantasizing about his love. Mm-hmm. And what she would say to him. And this is the song that progresses from this d- dream state you could say
1: yeah actually if we if we Steve to your point if we hear a little bit more of the lyrics they do kind of show how that ties in a little bit more but uh so let's go Christmas Eve you promised me Broadway was waiting for me you
3: are handsome
2: you were pretty queen off New York City when, when the band finished playing, playing. They, they held love for
3: So Sinatra was swinging all the jokes they were singing we, we kissed on a corner and then danced through the night boys and the and boys of the Envoy
2: It's oh. are out. out for Christmas Day. So you know what's hilarious about this? What? In the music video, the band that they had did not know how to sing. <laughs> they didn't know how to sing that. Interesting. The chorus of the song includes the boys of the NYPD choir still singing Galway Bay. In reality, the NYPD does not have a choir, so the closest thing was the pipes and drums of the NYPD's Emerald Society, who did not know Galloway Bay. So, they sang a song that all of them knew the words to, which is the Mickey Mouse March. (laughs) And when you're watching the music video, that's what they're singing. You know, that almost would add to, like, the... M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E, right? That's, that's, that, that almost would add up.
1: to the, like, surreal fairy tale aspect of it, I guess. And the fact that they're both playing drunk characters. Yeah. It kind of it does really play into the whole ambiance.
2: I mean, if it was present day, they would just be on the
1: <laughs> Subway Creatures Instagram. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know what? I'd love to see something called Subway Love.
1: Ooh, that just... Mike, th- Mike, that would just be, like, a <laughs> homeless person masturbating on the train. Well, Nick... Oh, Where's the love if it's a solo
2: artist? You know what I mean? Jesus. Wait, okay. So are you going to so see are now, you going go to Bon Jovi
0: now? <laughs> wait, hold on cuz now I now I'm envisioning that this is actually Mickey and Minnie Mouse singing to each other. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, Merry the, Christmas. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, you fucking bitch. <laughs> All right,
2: mo- moving up moving right along. Uh, moving, I'm sorry. So in any case, Nick, yes. Look, we we could Listen, I don't want to upset the fans of the song. You're going to have to just listen to the rest of it yourselves. But we're going to restart the song (laughs) with that motherfucker Bon Jovi. And we can see what he has done to it. But you have an idea. It was supposed to be a duet. And it was supposed to be beautiful. And this song.
1: And this is what we get. So we're just we're just ripping the band-aid off, Mike, we're going right into it. Let's jump in. Let's right. go. Let's hear what the sounds like.
3: It was Christmas Eve babe. <laughs> in the trunk tank In old man's See another one. And then he sang a song Rare old mountain dew
2: Hey, Nick. Yes, Mike. You didn't turn this off yet? No. No? You wouldn't? You're still, you're just as intrigued just because he doesn't
0: have an Irish brogue? It's a little milquetoast, but otherwise it sounds fine. Okay. Yes, I don't know. Who is this Bon Jovi fellow? I hear he's from New Jersey. Yes. Actually,
1: you know what? The last time we discussed Bon Jovi was also a was Christmas, Christmas episode. It was the yeah, time he Star did a Star Wars, Wars album before he was the Bon Jovi we know him as. You know what? And that's Episode twenty-one, why... I think, in the early twenties. Listeners, go back and check up. Uh, check out Bon Jovi's first Christmas song.
2: That's what I love is that you guys already had John Bon Jovi done when he did that. So fantastic! Is there anything that you so, think? So, so it, really gloss,
0: it really glosses over the fact that Mike did no research about who John Bon Jovi was. Mike is so confident that we all, just as human beings in the world, collectively know
1: the many accomplishments of John Bon Jovi. That's not necessary. but yes, we did we did dissect a little bit of him uh, earlier on then, but right, which is exactly
2: why I figured, why are we gonna bore ourselves with a bunch of historic knowledge about a man who destroyed Christmas this year and just focus really on his fuck up? I think it's the most interesting thing he's
1: he's done recently is Yeah, uh, okay, Mike, is there a specific point I should go to in the song because so far it sounds fine.
2: You know what, Nick, I'm glad it sounds fine to you, and I want you to just get You sick get, fuck. Why don't you get to the Well, you know, why don't you put it at 2 minutes in? Okay. All right, so skipping ahead a little
1: bit. Got cars,
3: big as boss, they've got rivers of gold. Rose right view used to place for the old. You first took my hand on that cold Christmas Eve. Promised me Broadway was waiting for me. You were handsome, you were pretty, Queen of New York City, with fans out did. They held out from all Sinatra
2: Oh, Steve, I feel like you've noticed a little something about
0: this. How is this? Less intelligible. How is this how is this slurred more? How- <laughs> how did he do it? Is he doing a voice? Or is
1: that just what he sounds like now? I haven't heard a lot of his newer stuff. Yeah. Well,
0: famous, if- famous Irish man John Bianjoviani. <laughs> you didn't hear that and living on a prayer. You didn't hear that and you give love a bad name.
2: You didn't hear that, and it's my life. What's wrong with him? Maybe he's what is... trying
1: to do a Shane McGowan impression. Maybe he's purposely trying to sound less intelligible.
2: Well, if you're going to do a Shane, why aren't you doing a Kirsty? It's a duet. And I'm hearing the same fucked up voice through the whole thing.
1: You're right. At least in the original, they dilute it with a little bit of an actual singer. Don't
2: say Shane McGowan's not an actual The man. The man... Brought the pokes to where they are today. That does not make him a singer. <laughs> is he singing? What is he doing Nick? Is he singing? It's, well, apparently, a lot of people who listen think he is. How many
1: people listen to the pokes? Let Millions. Us know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, let, it, let, let us
1: know. The songtimesreport at gmail.com. Just angrily let us know if you listen to the post. And
2: I'll find out right now. I'm looking right... <laughs> they, but my, my, they got I, nine, nine million monthly
1: listeners. You're
2: going to tell me nine million? That's actually million. pretty
1: good for an old band. Um, All right, Mike, I will say I am listening to this Bon Jovi version now with, with, with more keen ears now that I'm hearing how he's doing this duet. I'm curious to hear a little bit more.
3: All right, let's go out from all. Sinatra was swinging. All the chunks they were singing on the kiss on the corner and the night. The boys on the ny choir was singing. and the
2: bells are uh,
3: ringing out
2: on uh, Christmas. Christmas day. Uh, That's terrible.
1: And also uh, Mike, I'm seeing that we're, we're watching the, the um official Bon Jovi YouTube video of this version and I'm noticing uh, six 1,700 thumbs down and 1,500 <laughs> thumbs up, which is not a great ratio. So it's I'm assuming not, not, the song has not been going over terribly well. Nick, the people are upset, okay? As much as cancel culture
2: would love for this song to go away, I'm sorry. The people love it too much. And you know what? It's not enough that John Bon Jovi thought it'd be clever. To make a song. Because I know I'm going to tell you guys this. Tell us. And we're going to get to it. He was trying to snake an opportunity. You think that was his motivation for this? 100% Nick. 100%. Because it was rushed. It was sloppy. So let's continue (laughs) listening. And we'll get to the part where where I think John Bond thought he was
1: getting mighty clever. And you know what? He got I <laughs> What? <laughs> I gotta say, I we'll, we'll play more of this, but I gotta say, I've never seen you come in so predisposed to be like, and this fucking snake <laughs> this slithered his way into the Pogues discography and just, he's like John Boa Jovi the way he's John snaking. Boa Jovi. Ugh, I don't like it. I don't like it. S- snake, Italian snake in the grass. <laughs> But, uh, but yes, I'm 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 still open to hearing more of how apparently bad this is. Yes.
3: You're a bum, you're a braggart. You've lost all your swagger. In the world around town, you ain't much in the bed. Call a because 'cause you're nuts. You're a kick in the gut. Happy Christmas, my ass. I pray
1: God it's our last. He's oh. definitely putting on some kind of accent there. Yeah, and it's or a attempted accent. It's terrible, and what he is no Sid Caesar. He almost reminded me of um, Warwick Davis from the Leprechaun movies, where even he said he's putting on a terrible Irish accent.
0: It feels kind of like that. Oh, you said Warwick Davis? Yes, I did. I was going to say you said you said Warwick Davis. My my immediate thought was not Leprechaun, but um, Willow. Oh, because I because. The accent I heard in my head was, Mad Monaghan, wait! Mad Monaghan!
1: <laughs> See, I was hearing more uh, Warwick what... Davis from uh, Leprechaun in the Hood, more like, a friend with weed is a friend indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Lip in the hood, come to do no good. Oh, fun fact. As as fun as it is to imagine Shane McGowan doing this, this song is much more fun if you imagine it's the Leprechaun from the Leprechaun <laughs> Slasher franchise.
2: <laughs> you're a bum, you're a braggart. That would be... You know what? I might not have a problem with that version. <laughs> you know what? If they had like a nice Christmas horror film come out, you know, Leprechaun in the Hood, Christmas edition, like, let's go...
0: Well, hold on. Now you're now you're combining genres. So the whole point oh of the Leprechaun in the Hood film was cause, was to okay. You know what? I won't get into it. But that's it. Doesn't need to be both things. It could be why can't one it thing, be both? Sometimes be...
2: you want to be both. If there's one thing I learned this week, you know, sometimes you think about it to yourself, and you're like, I would really like to be this, but I really want to be that. They don't necessarily go together. But why can't? What
0: the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That is the most generalized fucking statement of intent I've ever... You know, sometimes things are this, but then sometimes things are that. Are you... What are the, you this know Dr. what, Steve? I, I got, in a I got of Dr. one Su's?
2: phrase to defend myself, and it's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Why don't you tell me what kind of movie that is? It is a Thanksgiving film. Oh, oh when you need to be a little bit of both. Is that... <laughs> Exactly. Well, uh, <laughs> I need to be a holiday that's not quite Christmas. Let's go.
1: <laughs> okay, so wait, Mike, are people upset? I can understand if you're a fan of the Pogues. Are people upset over his. Ad- Truly, I would say if there's any song that is unique to the Pogues and Shane McGowan, uh, this song is it. Are they just. Are people upset over anyone covering this? Or is it just that Bon Jovi did a particularly bad d- job? Well, it's funny you say that. So.
2: The majority of fans hate it, and the Pokes don't like it. Mm-hmm. Shane McGowan supports it. Aw, and
0: but he's like, he's barely sober enough to make a proper decision.
2: <laughs> so, but I would like to, so two things. First, let's go over a big change that John Bon Jovi just made. So. First of all, it's no longer a duet. It is a solo act that he's pretending is a duet, which is a complete disaster, in my opinion. And secondly... And he's not even doing a fun lady voice. He doesn't even do the fun lady voice, Steve! You're right! He doesn't... Not even a falsetto. Like, I'm sorry, you can't go up a couple octaves to try to, like, create the scene? Fuck you, Jovi!
0: So... What's he say? <laughs> you have not said his name right once this <laughs> entire episode. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Bon John Vovod, bon Jovi Bon, <laughs> Banana Fan of fofonvi <laughs> Fuck you, Don Giovanni Bon Fannin, Ban Bon Bingin. Not
1: only can he not cover this song, but he doesn't even have an easy to say name. <laughs> fuck, he's yeah, fuck Bodo fuck Bodo, Bojo, Bodo jo- Baggins, Bo. Bonjo Baggins. <laughs> actually sorry, <laughs> sorry before we get too in the weeds on this and the weeds is exactly where you'd find a snake like Bon Jovi I, I, I'm noticing, I, noticing I have the original lyrics to uh, Fairy Tove New York pulled up and I, I want to re-listen to Bon Jovi's So yes because
2: it's important that we hear this difference and we can go over the individual lyrics
3: for Christmas Day You're a bum, you're a braggart You've lost all your swagger In the world around town You ain't much in the bed Call a squirrel cause you're nuts You're a kick in the gut Happy Christmas my ass I pray God it's our last
1: Alright, all right. so those those lyrics were originally what we played towards the very top of the show So this is the original song
2: You're a bum, you're a punk, You're an old slut and, and on you sky-
0: So, I can't imagine why he changed any of that.
2: <laughs> no, and this brings it back full fucking circle, guys. Bon Jovi thought he could get his. Hey, you got it. Good job. He Mike. thought he could steal away a quick Christmas goodie. Just like Santa. You know, no, well, if Santa's given. Joe V's taken because what he's doing is he's coming in and he's like, Oh, they said a bad word. They said a bad word, and I'm starting to see the complaints. And the complaints were coming in. The BBs, what was it? The BBC? BBC was asked to censor it. They
1: got a bunch of shit for doing that. Yes, that it was
2: truly
0: socialist
1: prick. It was truly the uh, baby it's cold outside of I guess this year.
2: Which, honestly, and if anyone who listens to this podcast know, I will defend a song from being banned for the most part. But
1: actually, like, No
0: matter how a bullet may but be. But listeners,
1: if you haven't, please listen. We actually have a surprisingly nuanced discussion of Baby It's Cold Outside from, I believe, Christmas Before Last. So check that out if you want to hear our, our analysis on that. But yes, the... Uh, it's it the- very interesting. It does. But with this on,
2: Nick, I feel like... Yes, it's abrasive language. It is. It comes at you and it's not clean and it's not it's not nice, but it's it's from eighty seven and it's real, you know? And for Jovi to come in to destroy a duet and then to change the words to, you're a bum, you're a braggart, you lost all your swagger, which is like, okay. Like, swagger's a new thing, I suppose, but does it fit in with the rest of th- and the... And world, the world around town is you ain't much in bed. Well, guess what? Everyone who listened to this original song already knows that these two have slept together. So what's the word around town? It's a word from her mouth. She'll, she'll tell him right to his fucking face.
0: I just think if he was going to change the lyrics, he should have gone all the way with it and said, you're a poophead, I hate you. You smell and you're dumb. Like, you should have just gone full second grade with it.
2: What? what? Why? Why you want to sing this at your second your 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 second grade like Christmas chorus concert? Like what? And then you switch we, up the what? lyrics
1: and accidentally pull the original lyrics for the that second grade. Steve, yeah. why,
2: why are we talking? We're not calling people poopy heads. What was, Eddie? What was last time you looked at your lover and you called him a poopy head? Like
1: is that a thing? Steve, is this a question you thought you would be <laughs> asked tonight? Look, I don't want to get in trouble here, guys. <laughs> But it was within the past week, I'll admit. The only
2: thing you guys should be saying is, you're amazing and thank you. That's it.
1: So the, the opposite of the original lyrics is well. <laughs> yes, you're, a, a, punk, you're a punk, you're an old <laughs> slut on junk, lying there almost dead on a drip in that bed.
2: Well, listen, if someone's dating an addict, I suppose you could throw that in their face.
1: <laughs> wow, that's a deeply fucked up thing to say. Few people realize
0: Crane Spotting was actually a Christmas. Thing. It was <laughs>
2: No wait, There's even wait. a baby
0: in it. Oh no,
2: that's not Oh see, and that's and that's and that's what we're all missing here. Is that the fact is these two folks in this song are messed up. Yes. But they know that about each other. And they love each other anyway. They it's do it's a Sid Vicious Christmas. It's where you're calling each other, and look, a Sid Vishmas. a Sid Vishmas. They're coming at each other. They're attacking each other, poking each other, because they, I don't know, they want to bring the best out of each other.
1: So, is that the only main deviation between the uh, Pogues version and the Bon Jovi version? That is, yeah, I think that's we didn't much. hear the later verses, but it kind of, it kind of goes on in in a similar vein of them poking at someone and kind of waxing philosophical about what they lost. Um I'm just going to play just a little bit of that.
3: I could have
2: been someone
3: Well, so could anyone You took my dreams from me When I first found
0: you
2: I kept them with oh, me by oh, day. Oh. I put them with my own Can't make it all alone
1: my dreams around Mike, as I re listen to the original, you're 100% right. This song needs to be a duet with two distinct voices because it's truly the only way it works in any capacity. I don't know if Bon Jovi still doing his Leprechaun voice with a different vocalist would have worked, but uh yeah, it does not quite work. And... Okay, I, I won't get to hear You gotta hear. You I, gotta suppose, hear. I, I suppose I do.
3: Now we're And the bells were ringing out For Christmas Day I could have been someone So could anyone you took my dreams from me When I first you, I kept them with me, babe. Nick, you, know, you can stop it right there.
2: You can stop it because we already know. He doesn't even change the fucking tone of his voice. He doesn't change the meaning of what he's saying. He's
0: just singing. And it's bullshit. And, and you know, it's not like... And it's not like John Bon Jovi is possibly bereft of anybody willing to sing a song with him. That could have been Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Could have been an all-Jersey cover. All-Jersey cover of A Fairy Tale of New York.
1: BJ and Bruce, baby, let's go! A fa- f- Fairy
0: Tale of Jersey City. That's what the cover's called. A Fairy Tale of Jersey City. <laughs> there could have been someone... You're so good anyone, you took my dreams for me. <laughs> and then coming soon, bon Jovi, bon Jovi,
1: God, it's infected me. Bon Jovi's cover of the song Phantom of the Opera, where he sings Christine's
0: part and the Phantom's part. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he sounds like an insane person. He does. which actually I could maybe... have been someone with so good anyone. Seriously, yeah. It, I feel
1: like I'm watching that scene in Lord of the Rings where Gollum and Schmeagel are debating. Yeah, it's Gollum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Gollum Which Schmeagel. is not well,
2: what it's about. It's Christmas. This is making a narcissistic Christmas. It's not about that.
1: A narcissismus, Nick. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's John Bond Baggins. John, I want some seafood. Can we go to John Bond Silver's? <laughs> it could have been someone.
2: <laughs> well, so could anyone. Um,
1: Yeah, it... <laughs> And here's what I'll say on the censorship thing. I can Bajarvi, I mean it sounds like he's a pokemon. Um I it's almost I, I I almost feel like it's similar to the fact that um Huckleberry Finn was controversial in the US recently like within the past 10-15 years because of all the n-words in it. Um I don't think you should make a sanitized version of this song. I think you should just say this is not appropriate to be in rotation on the radio if you want to say that, sure. But if you want to do what Bon Jovi has done and soften all of the rough edges to the point where it kind of loses its initial impact... I mean, if you... I I can understand if you say even if you accept these as flawed characters this language isn't appropriate for a Christmas song. Sure. But, uh... I guess in conclusion, I don't like Bon Jovi's version.
2: It's it's bad. And you know what's weird? And if you want to play this, there is a quick 12-second clip on Victoria Mary who put out a message from Shane McGowan right to Bon Jovi about this. But like Steve was saying, I think he wasn't thinking clearly. But this is Shane McGowan saying what he thinks about it.
3: Joey, well done. I really like that person you did from um, Barry New York. I'm good enough, it, but I'm going back
1: on it. Thanks to that. God, we needed subtitles. Um, goes, I I'm, really like Now liked I feel it. terrible. Fair. Yeah.
0: I feel terrible making fun of him this whole episode now, watching that video. I, d- I am the bad no, guy. No, I
1: told you, it is a miracle he is still alive. <laughs> he He's lived a hard he's
0: life. A, he's in his fucking 70s right now, ain't he?
2: Uh, he, He's he, old. He, he, yeah,
1: he must be. Um, yeah, I
2: wouldn't... What, listen, everyone gets old sounds like that, get ready to sound like that That's if you're not getting old. not true, much. <laughs> <What? laughs> my
1: My grandpa from Mississippi did not sound like Shane McGowan. My grandfather was in a
0: barbershop quartet.
1: <laughs> Steve, if, you're, if your grandpa was in a barbershop quartet and sounded like Shane McGowan, he would solely be on finger-snapping duties. Maybe tambourine, depending beat. on how much
0: black <laughs> coffee you put into him.
1: He's, um, like I said... he. He has seen better days, but I'm I, like I said. I'm so happy he's still with us. But all that
2: being so, said, I am oh no. very happy. Listen, guys. I mean, look. Today was was a was a focus on two things. We talked about controversy, about many things, and we
0: talked about you know we did, but but I, I, I hope hardly that- use the word focus to describe anything we did today.
2: <laughs> I would hope that the takeaway for anyone listening today is that if you go out of your way. To change something that is what it is to be something that you need it to be, I think your results will be subpar. Now, maybe that's not all the time, but you find often people don't like it when you mess with the original. If you have an example of which I'm incorrect, please correct me. But with this one in particular,
0: you know... I mean, most re- most film remakes tend to suck. So
2: it's because you lose the heart of it. This the reason this song was popular is not. It's not even the brash language was the character. It made it real. It made you listen to this as if it was a real couple, and it's not even a real couple. It's funny. It's a fantasy a man's having of a woman that he had been with and what she would be saying to him in that very moment. But it's such like such accuracy yeah that honestly it's honesty and it's dirty and it's messy and people love that I love that and that's what bothers me about Bon Jovi's is it's not real it's he changed the words to be kind of Englishy with you know with braggart you know it's not really an English like a American. And you hear a lot, but
1: no, he he th- he did his own version of Jekyll and Hyde musical where he's playing both parts and serenading himself, but he just sounds like a
0: crazy person. Only it's not fun like when I do it. <laughs> oh yes, Steve. It's always fun when you do it. So much fun. Hey, screw you, Nick. I did the confrontation the other day at work and everyone fucking loved you, it. You so did so screw you.
1: Javert and Valjean's both parts? No, I did the Jekyll oh, the and Jekyll Hyde Jekyll and confrontation. There's like
0: every musical has a song called The Confrontation. <laughs> I did a duet with myself, and it was fantastic. I'm the exception of the rule. <laughs> Mike,
1: I would say that's a fairly accurate summation. Uh, it's, I, I don't know if I would say, I don't know, that Bon Jovi, it's not that it's a bad cover so much as it's a, like, I don't want to say useless. Do I want to say useless? Soulless. Soulless. I don't understand its reason to exist. You know, it's funny.
2: Well, it's funny who said useless because I feel like what was the word Steve Lillewite said was the mo- the worst version ever, embarrassing and pointless. Which I mean, maybe you didn't say embarrassing, but if something's pointless and you waste all your time doing it, it's kind of embarrassing. It's useless. You just called Joe Bobo Bombo <laughs> useless. That's what,
1: <laughs> that's what you said, Nick. That just ah. Uh, at the same time, it feels harsh because I don't think someone should be eviscerated for just doing a cover of a song. But I I will also say you know like have a reason to do it I guess. And if your reason involves altering parts that made it a classic in the beginning, and and I hope we've established the listeners right now. We're not saying we condone the language that the characters in the song are using, but. Just that it not. reflects an honesty of extremely flawed individuals. Because flawed individuals probably say terrible shit like this. They do, Nick. We're all flawed. And it,
2: and we try to learn, and we try to be better, and we try to be the best we can. And we
1: wish but, that for Bon Jovi as well with his future songwriting choices. Well, you know what? He could
2: have made twice the efforts. It would. It wouldn't be getting such negativity if he had a fucking female duetting with him. I'm sorry. It could be a male as well if I want to be progressive. But for all intents and purposes, if you want to make it match this.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. He could have gotten Busta Rhymes if we've learned nothing this Christmas (laughs) season. It's Every Christmas song is improved by Busta Rhymes. I Ra- want
2: to hear the Busta Bon Jovi remix of this.
1: That's <laughs> First off, the song would be so much shorter if he got if he had the same amount of lyrics to say, but it's Buster rhymes rapping them. It's like and 30 seconds and the song's done. Well, boys,
2: listen. It has been such a treat. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. It was less background, more um uh, back Ugh. I don't know. Foreground. More foreground? Yeah. It's more, I don't know, just my (laughs) grounds. My grounds of how I feel about remaking shit that ain't broke, you know? And when you try, you do it terribly. And that's John Bon Jovi.
1: Yeah, not all of our dissections of music have a moral to them, but this one does. (laughs) It does. There's a true moral here. Don't do it. (laughs) And if you do try to do it, do it right. And no hard feelings to longtime listener John Bon Jovi. Uh, we still love your work.
2: Seriously, living on a prayer? Just... That's one of my karaoke
1: go to's, buddy. Actually, I will say uh, the original version of uh, Fairy Tale of New York would be a really awkward karaoke song. <laughs> Could it be? <laughs> if you want to see a karaoke room with just stony silence among everyone sitting around you, uh, pick that song. <laughs> Um, but we don't have karaoke now because we're all in quarantine so we'll stick a pin in that for now um, but in the meantime thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode I will give you the usual spiel about following us on social media but you really should because we post fun stuff and that's where you can go to get all of our quizzes that we do that Mike poses at the end of every episode where you can let your voice be heard and actually on that note Mike uh, where can we find you And what should our listeners be looking out for? Oh, this will be fun.
2: So, you can find me on my Instagram at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMR.DOT. And, uh, yeah, you uh, you should definitely answer the questions. And the questions of being, I mean, this one, certainly would be... (laughs) What's the most offensive thing you've said to your lover on Christmas? (laughs)
3: Oh
2: boy. Now, I didn't really think about this, folks, because some of you might be nice and some of you might be naughty.
1: But, like, I mean, yeah, I suppose the the answers will be shared anonymously on our (laughs) social media.
2: When the push came to shove and it was Christmas time and you're going to the in-laws and things are getting crazy and you're
1: feeling the pressures. What's the wackiest thing you ever looked over and said to the one you love most? Um, But let me just preface this by saying if every single one of you said exactly what they said in the song Fairytale of New York, please don't share it.
2: Oh, come come. come on, Nick. If they share it, we'll know they were listening to the episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you want to quote the sun quote the
1: sun no. <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> uh, Steve, where can we find you
0: oh you can you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at your uh on my personal website stephentrallener.com on the dapper Devil productions website Davidll.com Uh and you can find me researching uh researching whatever it is I need to research so that I am not terrified by the IRA.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yo.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, probably yeah, a lot Steve. of just general survivalist techniques. Should we
2: let them know yeah, Steve, exp-
1: that we mean well? And
2: everyone's Explain welcome. Explain to me the history and- of the
1: trouble, Steve.
2: Listen, I'm part of that Irish bracket of Catholicism, of uh, God's my broskiism, yes. and everyone's welcome Subsect. to join. <laughs> So
1: God yeah, can be all our broskies. What a wonderful br- sentiment to end on. And on that note, uh thank you so much for joining us this week. Um Merry Christmas to those who celebrate it because this will be the last episode uh that we released prior to Christmas. So
2: That's f- right merry christmas and what day a hanukkah is it i feel like it's a day i feel like it's like the eighth day or the seventh day today on the tuesday that's gonna be out do we know
1: i'm a, a godless heathen so i'm terrible with all religious states i will say though to our listeners uh, oh, we haven't sh- done a listener submitted in a while but if any of our jewish listeners know of any spicy bad terrible hanukkah songs please let us know we would love to do some Mike, are you looking at what day of Hanukkah it is at? At the time of Hanukkah, at the time Hanukkah, of, this, the time of recording, s- it's probably ha- no. Hanukkah started
2: like on the 11th. So,
1: <laughs> so we hope We're... our, our
0: <laughs> we hope our, our for those who celebrated, we hope you had happy Hanukkah. A happy Hanukkah. Uh, ha- uh- <laughs> What'd you say, Steve? I said, happy Hanukkah, you death bastard. <laughs> oh, I
2: thought you said happy Hada Hanukkah. <laughs> happy <laughs> Hanukkah?
1: Classic <laughs> Steve joke. <laughs>
2: oh, God, on
1: that note, I am Nick Brigadier.
0: I'm Mike Russell. And I'm John Bond, Bovon Von, Fee, Fi, Fo, Fum, Bing, Bong, Jingleheimer, Schmidt.
1: Yes, you are. And we will see you all next week. Take care.